Hello and welcome to Cool Time Life. I'm your host, Steve Prentice. Here's what you need to know about this podcast series. Each of our Cool Time Life podcasts focuses on a topic dealing with people, productivity and technology, and each offers ideas and facts you need to know about to thrive in today's busy world. An index of our podcasts, who I am as well as subscription information, is available at steveprentice.com under the podcast tab. How do you know what you don't know? What does that even mean, and why is it important to your business? For centuries, people have been trying to get other people to hire them or buy their services. That's what commerce is, after all. In any form of commerce, knowledge is power, and this is doubly or even quadruply true today. Whether you work for a department of a large company, a small startup, maybe you work for yourself, what you know about your industry, your competitors and your customers is vital. But so too is the information you don't currently know. Information that you don't know you need to know, or maybe you don't even want to know. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this. A few years back, I was giving a speech at a convention of physicians. We all need doctors, of course, especially now, but it is a common understanding that part of a physician's so-called bedside manner, that air of confidence that allows them to communicate with their patients, is based on the fact that they are supposed to know all they need to in order to make an accurate assessment and successful prescription for recovery. No one wants to see a nervous physician. At this particular event, I was about to give a speech on the impact of social media on the physician-patient relationship when one of my two hosts for the event stopped me and asked if I was planning to mention a certain website, and if so, to please refrain from doing so. The site was a Facebook page dedicated to healthcare system horror stories in the geographic area that I was speaking in. The page, which no longer exists clearly stated that it was not in any way a hate page against hard-working physicians, nurses, or other healthcare workers, but simply a place to commiserate and share stories about wait times, hallway medicine, and other discomforts of the healthcare industry. The host, who asked me to refrain from mentioning this page, was keenly interested in not tainting the event with negative stories about the healthcare industry. But the other host disagreed and said we should discuss this story. How else can our audience, comprised of physicians, know what they don't know about their own system? So, knowing what you don't know seems like such an esoteric term, but in this age of data, it is both more important than ever before, and also easier. Research no longer requires physical actions like visiting a library or holding focus groups. The data, all of it, is out there, and technologies like AI, artificial intelligence, and machine learning, even simple Google News Alerts, help bring it right to your doorstep. Another healthcare-related story helps drive this home. I was once consulting to an association that focuses on the management of hospitals and other healthcare institutions. They wanted to rebuild their social media presence and asked for help from me with the RFP process for website design. During the course of the needs analysis and market research, we decided to try and find out what the general public wanted to know about their hospital system. In other words, what did the association not know about their customer base? It turns out that the most common question people had about hospitals in their region was not about specialities or even wait times, it was about how much the parking cost. That's what people really wanted to know, and that really came out of left field for the association. They had no idea. So how do you find out what you don't know? And how do you find out what you don't know you don't know? A good example might be going to a meeting at a client or a customer location. If you don't know how to get there, of course, you know that, so you consult a map or you program their address into your GPS app. But what if this customer was also comfortable meeting by video, saving you the trip, both there and back, saving you all that time? 
If this is not made clear, then you don't know the option exists, and you don't know to ask. Those are the little things that we don't know that we don't know. Now, knowing to ask is a vital, soft skill for the future. When people talk about the future of work, one of the predominant must-haves is soft skills. As artificial intelligence and other technologies eat into the hard skill sets that have supported many of us over the past few decades, it is soft skills that will turn out to be vital for a career. For example, a cybersecurity specialist in IT must learn the skills of negotiation and influence in order to be heard at the C-suite table. Employees need to understand critical thinking and prioritization to manage workloads and to distinguish real messages from phishing scams. Managers must develop emotional intelligence and active listening skills to better understand a highly mobile workforce that is already attuned to the audience of one mindset. Add to this list the ability to know what you don't know. It's a soft skill. It's information literacy. It's almost a sixth sense. And it's very easy to do. You just have to know what questions to ask. To understand what I mean by this, Think about how people try to find out stuff they don't know. If you run a business or a store or a department, you might conduct a survey or an interview. But in many cases, this type of investigation is framed by the questions you ask. Even if you keep things as open as possible, for example, offering people a text box to type in their thoughts or an open flow of consciousness statement, they still know that the source of the question is you, and that is going to frame and skew the outcome. Similarly, the kinds of people who are willing to put in the time to do this kind of questionnaire or even to answer a survey by phone only represents a small slice of a population who are willing to do that kind of thing. It's naturally going to skew the data. A new and better source of unknown knowledge then is the unstructured data that comes from an external source and that is not affiliated with you in any way. The health system's horror stories example I shared earlier is a case in point. Ostensibly created by someone as a community discussion, not aimed at any one healthcare facility in particular, and certainly not initiated by one, this was a common ground for people to share their stories and ideas in a free-flow concept, being their own audience and their own collection of authors. Twitter, in my opinion, is a great source for this as well. Once you get past the vitriol, the hatred and the junk out there on Twitter, there are still many worthwhile people actively talking about the things going on in your industry and possibly even about you and your company. This is unstructured data, its opinions, its observations, its thoughts and its references to other sources of information like links to web pages and other articles online. It's free flow commentary that is not guided or influenced by leading questions. It is natural, it is candid, and therefore, on average, should be far more neutral in terms of the opinions and their sources and their motivations. So how do you do this? Well, keyword searches and Google News Alerts are the most obvious route to find out what you don't know that you don't know, and it's an ongoing practice of harvesting the internet using keywords that is vital. But this, too, is prone to the subjectivity of the words you choose, which is why a policy of diligent social media surfing is extremely valuable. If this is not something that you are comfortable doing, then there should be somebody on your team who is. If you follow a specific subject matter expert on Twitter, it's likely this individual will provide valuable information. But look around. Read the comments made by others following this person's story or post. Pay attention to the recommendations of others, who to follow. Watch the hashtags being used in conversations on Twitter and Instagram or LinkedIn. 
These all expand your awareness to other organizations or industries or people that may seem totally unrelated, but from whom valuable insight can be gained. Now, here's the third healthcare story that illustrates this. I was once teaching a group of paramedic supervisors about team dynamics. The conversation moved to the topic of the speed of response and safe driving techniques for emergency vehicles. The flow of this conversation led me to remember a tweet I had seen about a pilot project that delivered defibrillators by drone, complete with two-way audio and video to help someone save another person's life, even before the paramedics arrived. This discovery was something I had stumbled upon while doing a separate research, but then mentally filed away. It was by chance, yes, but I still had the presence of mind to note that this item of news would be important to my ongoing knowledge and value as an expert, and yes, eventually it was. The point is that information is available all around us, but knowing where and how to find it requires stepping away from the traditional index or hierarchical table of contents and moving towards intelligent gathering of random information by surfing the internet the way it was designed to be surfed. Now, here's a non-healthcare-related analogy. Some people call it reticular activation, and others simply call it the purple Jeep syndrome. Imagine you decide to buy a new car, and the model you decide upon is a Jeep. But not just any Jeep, a purple one. As you entertain that decision, you will start to notice that quite a few people around are already driving purple Jeeps out there. Where did they all come from? Did central casting just send a bunch of people into your personal movie to throw you off your game? No. The answer is those people and those jeeps have always been there, but now your mind has been turned on to them because you are considering buying one, you will start to notice them much more. That's what reticular activation is. The same goes for information gathering in the great ocean of data. You can't always know what you're looking for exactly, but a tuned-in mind is better able to identify patterns, notice keywords and relevant ideas, and those potential jewels that a stressed and distracted mind will never see. This is reticular activation. This is information literacy. This is one of the soft skills required for thriving and surviving in the future of work. The Johari Window if you and your team are looking for a physical tool to help you figure out what you don't know about your business, about your customers, or about yourself, try using a Johari window. J-O-H-A-R-I window. This is simply a construct of four squares laid out two by two, two on the top, two on the bottom, with each one focusing on information known or not known to yourself and known or not known to others. So therefore, the top left square is easiest to fill out, that is, things you know about yourself and things other people know about you. Then close by, on the right and down below, you will have squares for things you know about yourself but that others do not know about you, and also things others know about you that you do not know about yourself. Then in the lower right corner, the ultimate black hole, things that you don't know about yourself and that other people do not know about you. If this is confusing to imagine, then go and Google Johari Window Harry Potter to see how some clever person set this whole thing up using the storyline we are all familiar with, the character of Harry Potter in the movies. The point is, knowledge comes from reticular activation paired with passive social media discovery. It stems from a desire to know what we don't know and an awareness that such knowledge is out there to be found in unstructured data, paragraphs of text and tweeted commentary that are vital to filling in those squares. What do we not know about ourselves? What do they not know about us? What does no one know about us? This is how you discover the crucial elements of moving forward, 
refining your product and connecting with your audience, with your customer base, by filling in these blanks. Here's a low-key but equally important example. A customer returns desk in the retail store was always the traditional dark corner of the store, a place of shame, confrontation, and unhappiness. But in this age of data, this becomes a gold mine where the store can learn what they don't know or didn't know about particular customers or trends who still take the time to come back into the store. This is worth more than the dollars lost in a straight exchange. Similarly, scanning a person's LinkedIn profile before meeting them in person or online even can reveal previously unknown connection points. Someone that you both know in common, a university or college or high school you had in common, a job, a background, something you had in common. This gives you something more to connect with, something you didn't know that you didn't know, what their interests are. These things connect you in ways you could never actually plan, but are enormously valuable once they make themselves apparent. So in this age of information, it remains more vital than ever to know that there is always more to know, and that finding it is truly more of an art than a science. But it always starts with this question of what do I not know, and what do I not know that I don't know? So that's my little podcast on the concept of knowing what you don't know. I hope you now know more than you did a few minutes ago. If you have a comment about the show or a question you would like answered in a future episode, please do let me know. You can drop me a line through the contact form at steveprentice.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Stephen Prentice. That's S-T-E-V-E-N-P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E. And on LinkedIn, of course, you can just search for the Cool Time Life, no spaces, just one word, Cool Time Life page on LinkedIn. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review. The theme music for Cool Time Life was obtained through podcastthemes.com. Until next time, I am Steve Prentice. Thanks for listening.